0: Hey everybody, welcome to the OCA podcast, where you will find resources to help you care for anyone and everyone affected by foster care and adoption. To find resources to help you, you can visit us online at OrphanCareAlliance.org or find us on social media at OCA Kids. Now in today's episode, we are joined by Sean Johnson. Sean has been in the field of social work for over 20 years, and she, even at a young age, was very passionate about working or volunteering with agencies that help children. For most of her career, she's worked for the Cabinet for Health and Family Services, and she currently is a supervisor for the recruitment and certification team in the West Lakes Service Region in western Kentucky. Uh, She has a great team there where they work with foster care and adoption workers, and they uh, diligently work to recruit, train, support, foster and adoptive parents for that area of Kentucky. Uh, In her spare time, she's working on a master's degree in social work, hopes to be finished with that in May of 2021. She lives in Murray, Kentucky with her husband, Chris, and they have a 12-year-old son, Peyton. Now her and John are going to talk about the importance of connecting with teenagers, uh, how to bring out the best in those who are in foster care, and they discuss how everyone has an opportunity to care for teenagers. They simply just need to find what makes it work for them. And as always, we hope you're encouraged as you listen.
1: Sean, it's good to be with you um, on the OCA podcast. Thanks for uh, taking the time to be be with us today. So thankful for that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So you have you you've been in the business of social work for the last 20 years. I mean, that has been your heart, your passion. You're now going back to school, getting a master's in social work. Is that correct? Yeah. it is. Yes, You're continuing your, um, your passion, your desire to continue to step into hurting families and the families who um, want to step into the foster care system and the families who want to care for kids who are hurting. But I, I know you, um, you were telling me your journey began, um, in social work, um, mm-hmm. and you started connecting. Like you were going into the, you were going into the homes, you were going into the kids, um, and you're in you're in the western part of the state. You're in Murray right now. So, um, yes. what created that passion for you? In a sense of you've done a lot in social work for the past twenty years. As you were a kid, as you grew up, like where did the passion for for this area, for this life that you have begin?
2: I have always had a connection to first of all working with with kids in general. Um, just um, all through high school, a babysat. I um, worked in uh, you know programs um, on into college. I became a camp counselor. Um, I just that was something that I knew I wanted it to do. Um, my passion actually started steering me towards the nonprofit world. Um, and that's where I thought I was going to be. I was going to go into programming, did my internships with programming, worked initially with programming with nonprofits. And I just saw all these things that I thought I want to do. And if you would ask me in college while I was pursuing uh, my undergrad in, in social work, um, where you be one of those workers who has to go in and, and go into people's homes and make home visits, I would have told you, absolutely not. That is that is no direction that I'm going to take. I don't want anything to do with that. Um, even probably went through some of those classes in undergrad going, yeah, okay, whatever, this isn't me, but I'll do it because I have to. Um, and then, you know, uh, in June of 2000, the world took a funny change. And I got that first call for that, that social work job to be that worker to, um, go into homes and, and work with families and try to help them with whatever difficulties and challenges they were being faced with. Some of those, you know, having children removed from their homes, but just doing what I can to either preserve that family unit or to be removed to work to get that family back together. Um, I was working in residential at the time and I had already decided that was not my cup of tea. So, I thought, why not give this a shot? Um, I thought this will at least let me know whether or not I like doing this. And yeah, um, you know, they always say don't don't tell God your plans cuz he's just going to laugh and I think probably sometime during my undergrad he was really laughing at me, um, saying, "You go ahead and say you're not going to do that, but I have other plans for you." Um, it's, it's, and it's not just a a job for me. I mean, this, I feel like it's, it's a true calling. I've always said social, social work isn't, it's what I do. It's not what I do, but it's who I am. Um, I feel like I've carried that kind of with me even, um, all through the times where whatever, whatever job that I've had. Um, but I did that frontline work for about 12 years. And then i I moved into a setting where I was uh, just working with foster and adoptive parents, um, decided that I really did like that. And, um, Even though I changed positions, my current position still has me doing that on a regular basis. And so um, I I love what I do. I cannot see me doing anything else but being in the social work field. I mean, again, it's just, it's a part of me. It's who I am. Um, I think even after I'm retired from my current position, I'm not done. (laughs) I will still be doing something in this field later on, you know, in my life till I just can't do it anymore. So...
1: Which is awesome. That's that's super exciting to listen to your passion behind what you do, knowing social work is hard. I mean, your job, yeah. the thing that you do, going into homes, doing home <clears throat> visits, um, connecting with foster families, watching families not get back together. Um, obviously, the reunification is exciting, um, but seeing yes. the trauma and seeing those things, it's not easy. What, what keeps you? Obviously, you talk about the calling. What are things that keep you coming back? Like, what are some of those things that keep you coming back day and day that you get up for and say, this is why I do what I do?
2: It's the it's the kids. I mean, it, bottom line, it's the kids. I mean, I, lo- I love to see when families can be reunited, but to know that a child has also been successfully reunited back with that family, um, to know that um, a, a, a social worker, you know, has gone in there and they've provided those services and they've been an encouragement and a support to that family to be able to send that kid home um, and to be able to send them home safely. Um, it's always the kids even when a kid comes into care it's still the kid it's still have we prepared that foster family to to handle what we're dealing with it's it's just all about the kids for me so whether it's a it's a reunification with a family which is awesome um it's about the kid when the kid comes into care because we're making sure that foster family is equipped with the sources and the skills that they need to help them um you know we see cases where um, children aren't able to be reunited um, and adoptions happen and adoptions, are wonderful and that is something that keeps you going too but I always say with adoptions you still have to remember there's a loss with that there's still a loss for that biological family um, and that's hard when you think of it in that respect because it's been you know, it's this great time that people are getting to celebrate with those adoptions um, but that child has lost a family and that family's lost a child um, but it all just comes back to the child and the best interest of that child whatever that situation is I think that will always be me again, it's what got me where I am like it's what brought me to this road and I think yeah. it will continue to see me through
1: it yeah what's a story that you keep coming back to like in a sense of I remember this one family I know you have multiple I know there are many, but what's one that one that comes to mind when you think about this is this is why I do what I do this is exactly yeah. why. I step in every day. Obviously, there's hard stories, but what are yeah. those story? What's that story that as I ask this question that comes to your mind?
2: There's two that come to mind, hmm. so it's hard to even pick between those two because these are two that I use for so many examples. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I started working um, with a young lady when she was about – 16 years old, I guess, when she came into foster care and, um, she had just come from a a horrible situation. Um, lots of abuse, lots of neglect. Um, just, it was not great. Um, Mm -hmm. and of course uh, me, I, I love to work with teenagers. Um, I just, I've always enjoyed that. Not everybody does, but that's just something that, um, I've always loved doing, but, um, when she was assigned to me we it was it was a it was a rough beginning um It was hard to kind of um, crack her shell, so to speak um she really had a wall up and understanding so because of what she'd been through um but as time went on um we, uh, we started sort working on things. Um, she began to come out of the shell. She began to talk about what happened to her. She began to process things in therapy. Um, she went on to graduate school with still like honors as far as, you know, with high school graduation, um, went on an inter- inter- independent living program, um, went on to college, um, uh, went on to get married, went on to, um, get her degree in social work, has went on to get her master's in social work, um, is now providing counseling to other children um, mm-hmm. that were some in the same situation she was in. Um, she and I still keep in touch to this very day. Um, she lives away from here, but I was there the day she walked across that stage to get her diploma. Um, we, we call each other, we talk, we text. Um, she is gosh, I think in her thirties now, early thirties now. Yeah. Um, and she, she's amazing. She's just amazing. Um, you know, I, we've had many conversations about the road she traveled to get to where she is and all the things that she had to go through. Um, and you know, she's said, you know, well, if it, if it didn't have a great social work, And I'm like, mm -mm, no, you have to take credit for this. You persevered, you rose above, you did what you needed to do and you have become an awesome, you know, young adult and just you're doing, you're, you're getting to be this person now for other kids. So, um, you know, I've, I've been kind of like a proud mama when I talk
1: about her. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I can see that. It's awesome to watch. It's awesome to see you. (laughs) Just your your face lights up. It's pretty amazing.
2: Yeah. I I mean, I love her dearly. I've I've always told her I'm just so proud of her always.
1: Yeah. Um, And there's definitely some personal responsibility there, but I, but what I love about your story is there's a relationship that you developed. And so yeah. obviously she has to make those steps and those, but you're there with her every step of the way um, mm-hmm. and the challenges and the hard times and obviously the great times of walking across the stage. Um, and as you know, who's someone who's constantly involved with families and constantly involved with kids, relationships make the biggest difference. <clears throat> in this, in this field, in this world, correct?
2: Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I think, um, you know, when you, sometimes you just have a worker and a family, they don't click. I mean, for whatever reason, they don't click. And it's hard. I think sometimes when that doesn't happen for those families to be as successful, um, that relationship really lays that groundwork and um, you you have to do what you can to, to work around those things. But yeah, it's extremely important.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it's in, it's interesting, you know, and dollars are so, so important to what we do. I will We will never turn down a dollar, I'm sure. Um, but the need is so great that the relationship is really, is the thing that's really gonna make or break this, continue to break the system, right? Yeah, or break sometimes that cycle, it is. right? Yes, sometimes um, it is, absolutely. The, the dollar is fantastic. But if you're I, like I liked what you said, I continue to show up. In our presence, my presence was important. It doesn't mean that every child is this success story, but it does mean that hey, this is going to be the the presence that I that I yes. bring my presence for this. Yes, child, right.
2: You're there. You're there for yeah. them, and they know that. Yeah. they don't have to worry about it. They know that you know, they can call or, or whatever and you're gonna show up and then that's extremely important to them, mm-hmm. especially our kids.
1: Yeah. Or, and our
2: older kids.
1: <laughs> yeah. And they're 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 hard for sure. I mean you you hear these quote unquote horror stories, but what I um but I but I love the success story. Like I love the yes. joy that, that I see in your face. I love the joy that I hear from you is that as we step in, as we continue to provide um, guidance or just being there, um, yeah. the opportunity is there. Like, let's not give up at the first initial um, slight or the first initial setback. We continue to be there, which is what yes. you've done for 20 years, right? I mean, you've I've, continued I've to show up. <laughs> yeah. Right. I've tried. Yeah. Yes. Which is, Some days
2: are harder than others, but yeah. I've tried. Yeah. Yes.
1: And you've done that in an area um so you're in the western Kentucky area. Um mm-hmm. I know you're you're in the Murray Mayfield Benton area. Um and that's an area in Kentucky that is it's western Western Kentucky. It's the far west area of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what are resources like? Obviously, we talk about the difficulty, but you're not in a Louisville. You're not in a Lexington. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're close to Paducah, but and that's that's part of your territory. Um, but what are the challenges that you see um, being in the western part of the state? As as you talk with families, as you connect with families.
2: We are limited to resources here. Um, It's a struggle um, someday to connect them to whether it's mental health services whether it's parenting classes whether it's substance abuse um, counseling Um, we're limited you know we we have a a local um, you know public mental health agency that is available and that's that's great Um, but we need some more of those entities that are available and out there to refer our families to transportation sometimes is just an issue having those public transportation um, options for our more rural counties who literally there is nothing there, that they do have to travel to Paducah or they do have to travel to Murray um, because the, that's where the resources are. Um, so, you know, when we hear places, you know, Louisville, Lexington, even Bowling Green, where we see some of these services that are available for our families and we're thinking, why don't we have those down here? I mean, we mm-hmm. understand we're considered kind of end of the earth over here. We get it. We mm-hmm. get it. Um, <clears throat> and but that doesn't mean that our families are any less deserving or any less in need.
1: Right.
2: We still have those same needs and have those same families over here that need those services to be successful. So, um, you know, I was taught early on social work is all about thinking outside the box. And mm. you have to have a little bit of a creative streak in you sometimes to be able um to make sure your families have what they need mm-hmm. and so I've I've seen those efforts that workers make to um, find transportation or to bring a service to them or just you know anything they can to think outside the box to get those needs met so um, I know that um, different things have happened recently that will you know some legislation and things that are hoping to get some additional services headed this way I', I I, w- I can't wait till it happens. Cause I know we need it. So, um, just fingers crossed that they will still come through. So in the meantime, yeah. we'll just get creative and, and hope right. for the best for our families.
1: Yeah. And being in smaller rural towns, what is the, um, impression of foster families? I was talking to someone yesterday or a couple of days ago and he was in, he's in, um, he's in your area as well. And he was saying 10 years ago, um, there, he was telling a story where his family was threatened because they felt like they were taking kids away. Is the impression that is foster because fostering in, in bigger cities can be like, hey, this is a good thing, this is a protective thing. It's not as, um, the stigma is not necessarily there. I don't know if that's the same in that area. Um, getting foster families, the challenges, even with the even with the families who are, their families will have to, or their kids will have to be removed, What's it like in, in your area? What's what's the what's the challenge with that if there if challenge is the right word? I think
2: it probably depends on who you ask and who mm-hmm. you talk to in the community. Um I th- I personally think that probably foster parents here are seen with probably a more positive light than they have been in the past. Mm-hmm. Um I think, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you know, if you were a foster parent, then, you know, were you doing it for the right reasons? And were you really in it because you wanted to help a child? And, um, you know, and then heaven forbid, you know, if it's the kids that went in there, then, you know, there was a stigma around the family then as well. And so I'm not saying that some of that isn't still there. I think it is, Um, but I think it's it's better. Again, that's my opinion, what I see in the families that I interact with. Um, we have more more families who are more active in their communities who are seeing that there is a need out there and they're wanting to step up and meet that need for our kids. Um, does that mean we have enough? Absolutely not. We There will never be enough foster families. Um, I don't care where you're at. Big area, rural area, it doesn't matter. Um, we're still going to need more of them, um, but I think that, that stigma has lessened and it's seen more of a positive light now. And people are really wanting to step up and and, and help help us out when we need to.
1: Yeah, for sure. I've, I've definitely seen that as well, um, where it's not the, oh, they're just fostering for this reason, or they're just, it's, people are fostering because they recognize, as you mentioned earlier, there's a call on their lives. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of, it's like we were, we were talking and, and you were telling me that, you know, your call is to be a social worker, right? You're not a foster yes. mom. You're not a, you're not an adoptive parent, but right. this is what you do. And you were, it was, it was fun to listen to you talk. Tell me a little bit more, like this is, you were saying that foster family is like, well, I couldn't do it. you do. And you were saying, <laughs> I can't, right. I mean, that's kind
2: of. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's great. We, and we have, um, you know, people who, who see and, and want to participate in both ends of it because you know we have that opportunity now to work with people who have been working in the field and they also foster or adopt and that's wonderful if you can do that um but I think it's great that you know I have my role you have foster parents that have their role I can't do my job without them and they can't do their job without me and this is a team effort and everybody has to play their part but I mean yeah foster parenting it fostering is hard and I can say that not even have been a foster parent it's hard um social work it's hard but i can see myself doing that but yeah being a foster parent i'm just like these people are such i mean like there's a special place in heaven Mm -hmm. for for foster parents i and i I try to tell some of my parents that every now and then just to remind them of just the special role that they have taken on in their Mm -hmm. lives um and some people say well you know what there's a special place for social workers too well you know what and i hope there is and that's great but the these foster parents we could not we cannot do the work that we do without them and Mm -hmm. i'm so thankful that we have them and um but I'm fine to stay in my role as a social worker and right. let them stay in that role as a foster parent. we will work from that angle. I'm good yeah. with that.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and your passion as you continue to work, you love working with teenagers. I you do. obviously have a passion for social work, but your passion, if you're to, to nail it down, drive it down is teenagers, which is mm-hmm. an incredible need across the state, right? I mean, which is yes. when you talk to foster families about, bring in teenagers home. What's the importance of that? Like I, what, what, what kind of gets like, that's really like, yes, this is where my heart beats is with teenagers.
2: Yeah, we will uh, we'll start a, a group of, of new people, you know, coming through to be approved as a foster parent and working with them. And um, usually at the beginning of the group, um, we, we try to kind of gauge like, hey, what, what ages are you interested in? And the majority of the groups, every applicant in there will usually be interested in those younger kids, you know, those, those little babies or those toddlers or things like that. And that's great. And then um, we always make it a point to have either a teen who is in care or a teen who is aged out of care, come and talk to those foster parents during the pre service. And for some of them, that is a changing point. Um, they see what, a what just neat people they are Um, and one thing that I always tell foster parents that are interested in those younger ages I'm like hey great and how many of you might be possibly interested if the situation present itself like how many would you be interested in adopting that little child placed in your home of course several raise their hands yeah yeah me me and I'm like hey did you know what that little sweet six month old that you bring home guess what that's, that child's going to grow up to be a teenager. <laughs> so why not just start there, get your feet wet, and see how that goes before you decide yeah. that. Um, and in any class that I get the opportunity to talk about fostering teenagers, um, I think kind of my, if you would call it, for lack of, lack of a better term, selling point with that is, you know, a lot of these teenagers... My example that I gave while ago, she came into care as a teenager. Most of our teenagers have had probably some kind of contact with the system before the point of them coming, you know, into care. So um, my selling point usually would be somewhere around a lot of these kids haven't been given a chance yet. So if you can be that person to maybe take that chance to maybe make a difference in their life, um, you know, they could go on to be a successful adult, possibly. And wouldn't it be awesome if you were able to be the person to have a role in that, um, you know, and even if it doesn't turn into a situation where they go into an independent living situation or anything, it still could be somewhere where you have the opportunity to be, be the family that could let them come home to you at Christmas, um, give them somewhere to go on a break from school, um, be able to call you when, and I think back to my my 16-year-old, be able to call you when their checking account doesn't balance and they need help with that because no one ever taught them. So, you know, it, just to be that person to reach out and want to be that support, even if it's not through fostering, teens need that no you know i think a lot of people have in their mind that a teenager is going to come in they're going to tear up my house and they're going to steal from me or they're going to um, just make really bad decisions they're going to affect my whole family they're going to make decisions that are going to affect your family is everyone going to be bad probably not Mm -hmm. and just think about those wonderful decisions that they're going to make they're going to be like oh my gosh this is such a good example for other people you know and kids in my house or whoever may be there but you have to take that chance and sometimes just them getting that chance can make them successful later on in their lives so don't discredit the fact that just because they're a teenager doesn't mean they don't need anybody just because they're going to be 18 in two years doesn't mean they don't need you right now. They do. They do. They absolutely, probably even more than, um, you know, some of those maybe middle school or elementary school kids do like they're, they're about to be launching out on their own and they still need that skill set to be taught to them that they've never had.
1: Mm -hmm. I I love what you said. I can talk literally for two years about it. (laughs) I could tell. Yeah. I love, I love what you said. Um, and I've talked to some folks um, here recently about what are some, myths that, um, that we want to debunk about teenagers, but you just did that. Um, that's exactly mm-hmm. what you just said. Teenagers are neat, right? They're creative. They're fun. There's ways that you can learn from your teenagers. Um, I was talking yes. to somebody the other day, they said, um, teenagers can teach you technology, right? In our, in our world. I mean, yes, great way to, um, <laughs> but just seeing again, your passion for teenagers to say, this is an incredible need, um, It's definitely a fearful thing. All teenagers are hard, Um, and yes, yes, these teenagers are coming in from harder backgrounds, um, but they are definitely there's definitely a neat element to them that they bring into Mm -hmm. our families. Um, So let's say someone is saying, "Hey, I'm I'm not going to foster a teenager." What are ways that people can engage with those teenagers to continue to be that presence that we talked about earlier, like you were with your child or or to, to continue to build a relationship with those. Are there, are there ways that people can step into that? I know I have done a little bit of that in Jefferson County as a life coach, yes. but in, in kind of your areas, how are, how are folks connecting with, with teenagers?
2: Yes and I I've I've mentioned um before I would love to have that that life coaching program and mentoring and all come this way mm-hmm, just a little yeah. bit more like I'm I'm like get it here because we need it um you know I think the biggest thing if if someone is interested in that like we can get you approved as, you know, just a respite family. We can get you, um, you know, involved with maybe a family or a, a local independent living program who may need mentors, um, who may need somebody to just, you know, work with um, a team to help them out with some things. Maybe a foster family who's fostering doesn't have some knowledge in, you know, <laughs> this, High school algebra class, you know, and maybe there is somebody else out that there that's been, you know, just making those connections mm-hmm. because from those little things like helping them with algebra or, um, you know, helping them get a job, um, being someone that you know, uh, you know, like a you know, employer through their through a job or something greater things can come from that. So where we may not have those formal programs, like you mentioned the live coaching and things, I think there are still small ways to still make those connections through those foster families and those independent living programs we do have, it's just kind of making, making connections and going through the right, you know, approvals and getting with the worker and saying, Hey, you know, I would like to do this. I'm not, I'm not cut out to foster. And I know that, um, but I can support somebody all day long. What can I do? Um, So that, and that's something that we um, are discussing through this team focus event that we're working on building up to. And of course, you know, we had it planned for April and, everything got kind of pushed back so but that is one thing that we've kind of been talking about like is how can we make that connection how can we get that going to sort of identifying some of those supports we're hoping that through this event that can help Mm -hmm. but we're also hoping through things like this you know through this podcast through just getting some information out there for people to realize you don't have to foster to help Mm -hmm. there are are other things you can do to be able to support, whether it's support a team in care or support the foster family or whatever. Um, You know, you just gotta make, take the first step and reach out. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to always, you know, anytime someone reaches out to me and I'm like, you know, you've done such a great thing. You've taken that first Mm -hmm. leap just by asking. So, thank you congratulations you've done that let me help you from here so i realize sometimes that's the hard part it's just yeah. making that first step and saying i think i can help and i can think i can do something here
1: yeah it's interesting you talked about creativity earlier this is an area to be creative right the opportunities are yes the opportunities really are endless is what i kind of hear you say i mean n- not necessarily endless but go to a school connect algebra like there are opportunities to engage all we have to do is Is reach out to someone like Uh yourself, right? Uh Um, And the opportunities abound if we we take that step. And it's not a matter of, um, not a matter of, oh, I don't know what to do, because we can all all say that. But you just you just made us all say, oh, we need to do something, right? (laughs) Like I think you just you pretty much told everybody who said, oh, I just have to send an email. That's where I'll start. Right for yes. all the folks who didn't know what to do, we all know <laughs> Every, what to do now, right? Like our ignorance, do we, right, yeah. <laughs> our ignorance cannot be an excuse anymore because yeah. Sean, you just gave us a reason to. Oh, I should email my social workers. I should email this, um, which is super good. And and I love sitting with you. Just your passion <laughs> just flows through, and it's amazing. After twenty years of seeing hard things. And seeing beautiful, hard, and beautiful things, um, your your passion still just rises to the top. And Thank someone you. who's in this field, it's it's awesome to sit with you. Thanks Thank so you. much for your time. I appreciate it.
2: Absolutely.
0: Thanks again for listening. We hope you are encouraged, no matter where you find yourself in your journey. Our vision at OCA is to see the body of Christ lead the way in caring for all those affected by foster care and adoption. Find us online at OrphanCareAlliance.org or reach out to us via email at info at OrphanCareAlliance.org. We are also on all social media channels as OCA Kids. Remember, one person can not do everything, but everyone can do something. Find your something today at OrphanCareAlliance.org.